necessarily reflect the official policy or position of my fabulous sponsors or advertisers. Any content provided by our bloggers or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This disclaimer was provided by DisclaimerTemplate.com. Warning, the following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. darlings due to some recent comments i received on certain social media platforms that shall remain nameless we're going to be on the website archermagazine.com.au which is australia misgendering cisgender and drunchany and the Defaulting of Masculinity by Anila Molly, December 15th, 2017. When I realized the man in the bed next to mine thought I was a cisgender man, I thought it might be safer to play along in case his reaction to the truth wasn't positive. Worst case scenario, he could turn violent or aggressive. Even though he showed me no aggression whatsoever, I was instantly on guard anytime he came to talk to me. I have a naturally deep voice, but deepened it even further. I pulled up my gown so that no sign of cleavage or breasts were visible, and I sat in bed with arms crossed. I have been mistaken for a man in the women's toilets many a time, but I am a cisgender woman who happens to look androgynous due to my facial structure. I haven't had a man assume I'm a little fella since I was in my late teens and I felt nervous and uncomfortable. My first night in the hospital, I didn't sleep well. Visions of the brutal scene in Boys Don't Cry took over my head and I irrationally imagined I was in a room with someone harmful. I started to think of escape plans and how to defend myself. The next day, I relaxed somewhat when I got to know him better. 
He was Steve, a truckie from Broad Meadows who had ignored an infection for four months until it turned into staph. He had befriended the elderly lady in the room and would go out for a ciggy with her. He also would tuck her into bed and lift her sore legs for her so she didn't have to strain. He was discharged on my third day in hospital. On his last day, he wished me well and called me brother. I wished him well too. Once he left, I thought about what had happened, how scared I had been for no reason, but the fear felt real. The realization that if I had truly been trans, the little stress I felt for three days could be more constant. If three days stressed me out, what must it be like to have a constant back-of-the-mind fear? My days as a young queer were fraught with worrying about what to wear and my boyish face. And it was the 90s. Wait, let me start that again, y'all. My days as a young queer were fraught with worrying about what to wear and my boyish face. As it was the 90s, I donned the obligatory Bonds Raglan t-shirt and black scuffed Doc Martens. I didn't have the kind of parents that wanted me to shave my head, but I had managed to get an undercut and beetle-less bowl cut for my hairstyle. I hated using public bathrooms. I hated swinging doors. I hated shopping centers. Hate is the only word that explains how difficult it was for me to be in public spaces. I would walk into the women's toilet and pointed looks would be shot my way, often accompanied with the comment, excuse me, this is the ladies. Most of the time, I'd reply angrily, which wasn't helped by the fact that my voice is deep. I was a cranky woman who didn't want to be told I couldn't use the woman's toilet. Similarly, shopping center doors were a nightmare. When I reached for the door at the same time a cisgender woman was coming through, I would freeze from some sense of misguided chivalry that my father taught me when I was young. The woman on the other side expected me to pause, and I hated myself for it. What always made things worse was if the stranger's eyes dropped to my chest, as they especially would with male strangers. Men would mumble odd apologies, which would make me blush red with embarrassment. I remember being in a country town in South Australia and trying to give the milk bar man trying to get the milk 
barman's attention. He gave me a curt, be with you in a minute, mate, and proceeded to serve the woman behind me first. When it was my turn, he realized I wasn't male and started blustering. Oh, sorry, mate, you're not a mate, which made me blush red yet again. I can't remember if I ever had. I can't remember if I have ever had any privilege from passing as male. Sure, I've jumped a queue or two, but I don't actively recall this being a note. Having a male-looking face and short hair doesn't disqualify my experience of womanhood. Interestingly enough, becoming a mother through my ex-partner who birthed our sons has made me more comfortable in my boyish skin. When I have my sons with me, my motherhood gives me a sense of legitimacy that my male features aren't pulled into question. I notice that when I carry my toddler, I receive smiles, just like any mother carrying her child. I do not worry about looking male anymore. I now embrace it. I still get policed in toilets, but I refuse to let it bother me. I still have a large chest. It's all me. Face, chest, the works. Anila Mali is a proud woman of color, ex-Muslim, and a psychologist by profession. When not thinking about thinking, Anila can be found walking the streets of Melbourne. She doesn't drive and trying not to smoke at the same time. Archer is Anila's outlet to the outside world. Outside world. Subscribe to Archer Magazine. And I'd like to thank Miss Ms. Molly for her contribution to this episode of as the massage table turns, we'll be right back after this brief pause for the cause. Okay, you guys, we're back with BBC.com. The article is Why Children Become Bullies at School. This article is by Kelly Oaks, September 15, 2019. Bullying behavior often emerges in childhood, and the consequences for victims can last a lifetime. But what makes a child become a bully? When Ruby Sam Youngs was singled out by a bully at the age of 10 in her last year of primary school, she felt isolated and confused. She'd just moved with her family from England to Wales, and the bully honed in on her accent. They then started mocking her appearance. Nothing really made sense to me, she says. I'm in a new place. I don't really know anyone. No one likes me, and I really do not know why. 
Youngs says the relentless bullying, which continued through secondary school, had a knock-on effect in all areas of her life, and she took up smoking and drinking in an attempt to cope. Now aged 46, it is only in the past year that she has come to terms with the effect that the bullying had on her. I felt like no one else likes me, so I don't like me, she says. Her experience underlines a painful truth. Children, for all their innocence and inexperience of the world, can be some of the most vicious bullies. Their actions, perhaps less hindered by the social norms we learn in later life, can be merciless, violent, and shocking and they can have lifelong implications for the victims. But what makes a child become a bully? For the longest time in the research literature, we thought there was just one type of bully, a highly aggressive kid that had self-esteem issues that may come from a violent home or neglectful home, says Dorothy Espelage, of Professor of Education at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. That picture is now changing. There are several definitive types of school bully that have been identified by psychologists. The definition of bullying that academic researchers have adopted states that it's a form of aggression between individuals or groups that have different levels of power. It perhaps fails to capture the terrible toll it can have on victims or the complex reasons why people become bullies in the first place. But one key element is the difference in power. Researchers picture of the typical school bully has become more nuanced in recent years. It could be that you're bullying me and you're popular and I'm not popular and that power differential makes it difficult for me to defend myself, says Espelage. While domestic violence and sibling aggression are still risk factors for children becoming bullies, they are not the only reasons. She adds, children who grow up in violent homes but go to a school with an anti-bullying program and a supportive atmosphere won't necessarily become bullies. Researchers' picture of the typical school bully has become more nuanced in the recent years. Aside from the blunt and open aggressor, another more Machiavellian kind of bully has come to be recognized. Children who fall into this category tend to have better social skills, are often charismatic and liked by teachers, far from the oafish stereotype of bullies. Crucially, these children can turn on and off their bullying to suit their needs. Socially dominant bullies want to be the leader of the crowd, says Espelage. And the way they do that is to push kids down the hierarchy.
Bullying is often more about the bully than the victim, according to studies into how children feel when bully when they bully others. Other research backs up this idea that bullying is often more about this bully themselves rather than their victims. In a study of school children in Italy and Spain, pupils took part in an exercise that entailed thinking about a bullying situation from the point of view of the bully. The researchers also gave the children a questionnaire about their peers to categorize each child as either a bully, a victim, or an outsider. Those who were categorized as bullies by their peers were more likely to respond to the hypothetical bullying incident with statements that focused on how the incident affected the bully themselves, saying things like, I would feel great because I got the attention of other children, or statements that showed a lack of empathy, such as, I don't feel guilty because I don't think about it, and I would feel indifferent because the victim doesn't suffer. Bullying has also become on new forms, I'm sorry, bullying has also taken on new forms in recent years. One common characteristic of bullying, as previously defined by academics, is that the aggression towards the victim is repeated. But the online world is blurring this due to the potential impact that just one instance of cyberbullying can have. Does it have to happen more than once when you've posted something that's gone to a million people, says Espelage? Probably not. Cyberbullying is making some researchers rethink the definition of what it means to bully. In fact, there's such a big crossover between school bullying and cyberbullying that some researchers argue they are becoming one and the same, especially now that children often have their phones with them in class. In my research, it was found that many times school bullies continue their harassment online, says Callie Tanzi Papalesi. Okay, anyway, an investigative psychologist lecturer at the University of Huddersfield. They may be sitting next to each other, but prefer to bully each other through social media as that way their actions can be viewed by more and they can feel a false sense of fame. So what should you do if you think your child may be bullying other children? Getting to the bottom of their motivations is a good first step. If someone called me and said your child is engaging in these behaviors, I would want to say to the child, okay, what are you getting from that? Why are you doing this? Says Espelage. It may be that your child is in a school where that's what they're expected to do. It's worth considering whether your own actions may be influencing your child's. It's also worth considering whether your own actions may be influencing your child's. For some parents, that interpersonal style may be modeling that behavior, she says. 
One way to address school bullying could be a buddy system designed to support. I'm sorry. One way to address school bullying could be a buddy system designed to foster peer support where younger students are assigned to older mentees to show them the ropes when they start school. Being a victim of bullying in childhood can have lifelong effects on a person's self-esteem and mental health. The fact that younger students have the opportunity to model the right behavior from the older students is one advantage of such a system, says Tansy Pepelasi. But having a supportive school environment in general is also important when it comes to tackling bullying. It takes a lot of persistence and consistency from the teachers and the school staff in general, as without them, the system cannot function, she says. And we'll be right back after this brief pause, you guys. Espelage agrees that strong relationships between teachers and among peers are key. What we know from our research is those schools where they pay attention to the issues of connectedness, making sure every kid feels like they belong in that school, there's less bullying, she says. Often, though, that support isn't there. In 2014, Espelage and her colleagues published a five-year study showing a worrying link between bullying and sexual harassment in schools. It revealed that bullying among younger children often involves homophobic insults, which then escalates to sexual harassment in later school years. Children involved in sexual harassment both the perpetrators and the victims often didn't seem to understand how serious the incidents were. But the children involved in sexual harassment, both the perpetrators and the victims, often didn't seem to understand how serious the incidents were, perhaps because teachers may not be stepping in to prevent them. That continuum of aggression from bullying to homophobic name-calling, to sexual violence, to teen dating violence is real, says Espelage. As for whether kids grow out of bullying once they leave school, Espelage says some may do so or find a different outlet for their aggression, but not all. I would argue, based on my experience, that some school bullies go into professions in which that type of behavior works for them, whether that's a police officer, a professor at a university, a lawyer. Perhaps saddest of all, however, is the impact of bullying on victims can last for decades, leading to poorer physical and psychological health. Young's who was bullied throughout secondary school, has now trained as a grief grief recovery specialist and hopes to be able to help others who have been through similar kinds of loss. The bullying was loss of feeling normal, loss of trust, loss of safety and security. Ruby Sam Youngs. 
The bullying has been part of that because it was loss of feeling normal, loss of feeling trust, loss of safety and security, she says. Her main bully contacted her via Facebook earlier this year to apologize. When she received the message, Youngs felt angry. It did nothing for me at all personally to relieve any pain that she put me through, she says. It might have helped her. I don't know. But when it comes down to it, she thinks the apology, just like the bullying that had such a negative impact on her life, was really more about the bully than about Young's herself. I have compassion towards her because I can understand why she did what she did because she may have been having troubles at home as well, she says, but I'm not agreeing with what she did. Join 1 million future fans by liking us on Facebook or follow us on on Twitter or Instagram. If you like this story, sign up for the weekly BBC.com features newsletter called The Essential List, a hand-picked selection of stories from BBC Future, Culture, work life and travel delivered to your inbox every Friday and we want to thank bbc.com for their contributions to this episode of As the Massage Ship Returns and we'll be right back after this brief pause I love you for listening All right, my babies, we are on StopBullying.gov, an official website of the United States government, okay? StopBullying.gov, prevention, learn how to identify bullying and stand up to it safely. And then it says become an upstander. Stop bullying on the spot. When adults respond quickly and consistently to bullying behavior, they send the message that it is not acceptable. Research shows this can stop bullying behavior over time. Parents, school staff, and other adults in the community can help kids prevent bullying by talking about it, building a safe school environment, and creating a community-wide building, I mean a community-wide bullying prevention strategy. They have training, state laws and policies, what schools can do, what kids can do. Are you being bullied? Do you see bullying at your school? There are things you can do to keep yourself and the kids you know safe from bullying. And it also says, get help now. If you have done everything you can to resolve the situation and nothing has worked or someone is in immediate danger, there are ways to get help. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to click on the learn more link for get help now. Get help now. If you have done everything you can to resolve the situation and nothing has worked or someone is in immediate danger, there are ways to get help. The problem, there has been a crime or someone is at immediate risk of harm, call 911. What you can do, call 911. The problem, someone is feeling hopeless, helpless, thinking of suicide. What you can do to talk to someone now, call one 800 273-8255 that's 1-800-273-TALK you can chat with the lifeline you can visit the National, the, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline and they have a number for Spanish speakers 
628-9452. And for the deaf and hard of hearing, 1-800-799-4889. Free and confidential support resources are available to you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The problem, someone is acting differently than normal, such as always seeming sad or anxious, struggling to complete tasks, or not being able to care for themselves. What you can do, find a local counselor or other mental health services, and there's a link on the stopbullying.gov website. A child is being bullied in school. What you can do. Contact the one teacher, two school counselor, three school principal, four school superintendent, five state department of education. See more on working with the school. The problem. The school is not adequately addressing harassment based on race, color, national origin, national origin, sex, disability, or religion. Contact the school superintendent. Contact the State Department of Education. Contact the U.S. Department of Education Office for Civil Rights. And contact the U.S. Department of Justice Civil Rights Division. This date, last review, was February 9th, 2021. And if anybody is needing any help, please go to this website, stopbullying.gov to the Get Help Now tab. There's a lot of useful information on here. And with that, we are going to close out this episode of As the Massage Table Turns. I appreciate you listening. Stay safe. I love you and have a fabulous day.